Good morning. Harvest has a horse, a quarter horse named Jet, who she says is a brat. I've had him for two years, and she's working on training him through various things, and he gets an attitude, and she'll pull on the reins and the bits in his mouth, and he will not turn the way she wants him to turn. Um, and it's, her words are brat and stubborn and attitude. So from time to time while she's had this horse, she watches horse training videos on YouTube. And so I, I really like Jet. He's, he's a really nice boy. Um, he's a really social, friendly horse. But I don't know much about horses, so she's watching these YouTube videos on how to train him, and she works with him in a round pen and on a lunging rope. And I've overheard numerous training videos that she's watched, and we've talked about it, and I ask about what she's doing and what he's learning and how she's working him and just picking up my own knowledge of, of how to work with a horse. Well, so this week I was elk hunting and she came up on a rainy evening and morning to the cabin to just cook and hang out and have fun with, with dad on a rainy day when I wasn't doing all that much hunting. And she's watching this uh, horse training video on YouTube and as I'm listening, the, the Lord's like, aha, Mitch, hey, are you paying attention there? This is me. Instantly, I was like, Harvest, send me that video. That's my sermon on Sunday. I, I already knew what I was going to preach, but this is the example. So we got a three-minute video here on horse training. And we'll get to Jesus and you. We'll, it, it'll be all Bible, but we're going to watch a cowboy train his horse. He's going to talk about what he's doing with the horse and why and what the horse is not doing that he should be and what he is doing that he shouldn't be. Um, but he uses the word soft and softness, and what he means is I want, I want the horse to be relaxed and willing and compliant and not stiff, like it's stubborn or afraid. And he'll use the word issues, like this horse has issues. <laughs> and he does mean psychological issues because he talks about that, but, but he just means that this horse has been a pack horse and it's hauling kids and it's stopped responding to the reins. It's not, do, and it becomes dangerous. And so we have to re-break this horse. All right, this is what we're watching. Okay. I was speaking with a colleague earlier and we were discussing how, how, a lot of the problems that we have with these horses are actually just symptoms of other problems. And it's not actually the problem that's the problem. It's something that got skipped in the training process before that that's actually causing the problem. You know, and a lot of what, what Lucky's problem is, you can see right there, Lucky's, he's self-conscious about his right side and so he doesn't want to flex to the left. If you watch Lucky's eyes, his eyes and his right ear, they keep flashing back to his right side. I'm going to reach over and just touch him on that opposite side. There, he took a deep breath. It could be that that helped him right there. I don't know. Let's see. But again, like I was saying before, the problem is not that he's stiff. The problem is that he's worried about this other side. So the only way we can really get him over that is just to keep flexing him to this side until he gets confident enough that he's not going to be worried about that right side, right? Now, when he, when he stops moving his feet and he softens to me a little bit, then I'm going to let him go. Just going to give him a second. I'll send him back out and have him move his feet some more if he just wants to continue to... Yeah. You just... He's just not ready to do it yet. So, there's no sense in trying to force it. You can't force it. 
It's got to come from the horse. And believe me, there's no point in trying to get the softness that you really, really want with while their feet are moving if you can't get it while their feet are standing still because the issues all those little issues have got to be cleared up guys they've got to be otherwise you're not going to have what you really really want right it's the little things that matter with horses for sure it's the little things that cause the big problems This horse is nervous about his right side, about leaving it vulnerable. And so it shows up in a lot of different areas. Oh. I really like that stop. I like the fact that he looks at me with two eyes right there. Starts licking and chewing. That's beautiful. You try to do it all in one day and you're just gonna scare him, make him mad, whatever. It's just gonna get worse for you probably. It takes a while because these problems are deep-seated. It's not an issue of just him flexing, right? Okay. It's deeper psychological issues, and I'm not saying that it's, that it's, ho, oh, oh. I'm not saying that it's really bad. I'm just saying that you're, you've got to listen to your horse and let him tell you what the problem is. Don't just assume that it's just a problem that he doesn't like, he just doesn't want to bend his neck, like he's just being stiff and stubborn or whatever. That's not the, that's not the case. There's a reason why, okay? You try to do it all in one day and you're just gonna scare him, make him mad, whatever. It's just gonna get worse for you probably. And I was telling my dad a story about what just happened. He was like, I need you to tell that on Sunday. So I was working with my horse and lunging him is when they run round and round. And um, whenever I work with Jet, I always lunge him because he's got a lot of energy and it works out some energy, but also works out a lot of attitude. I was lunging him for like 45 minutes and every couple rounds we'd stop and he would still be giving me attitude, which looks like um, he'll stop and start backing up or start pawing at me, um, just unsubmissive and not wanting to do what I tell him. So we, I ran him until he is so sweaty. He was dripping sweat. He was sweating foam out of his chest. I don't even know how that's possible, but, um, finally, after 45 minutes of running him, he finally was able to do sit still and tell him what I was doing or to listen to what I was asking him to do. So I was asking him to, I would pull his nose around and touch his stomach with his nose, but he was fighting me on that. So we'd run a couple more rounds until he'd finally listen. And then I'd try it again and grab his nose until finally he willingly touched his nose to his stomach because I'm not going to be able to control a 1500 pound horse. It's no, so he has to do it himself. All right. So Psalm 32, 9 says, Do not be like the horse or like the mule, which must be harnessed with bit and bridle, else they will not come near you. Some of you get it already. Uh-huh. Do not be like the horse. The last couple weeks, I've talked to you about Jesus breaking us. Two weeks ago, I talked to you about him pressing us like olive, getting the oil pressed out of it, grapes getting pressed into wine and Last week I talked about Jesus having to break our soul open, giving our uh, emotions and our mind to him, and the third part of our soul is our will, and that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. And 
last Sunday after first service, Devin Griggs came up to me and he said, uh, you know, you kept using the word that Jesus was breaking us. And he said, I just thought about breaking a horse and that until it's broken, it isn't useful. It's dangerous. And, but when it's broken, then it's, its strength is useful. And I already knew that I, I wanted to talk to you this morning. I think this is probably my last Sunday on surrender. I knew I was going to talk about surrendering our will, which is the third part of our soul. But then when Harvest was playing that horse video, I just, I heard Jesus in the voice of that cowboy. As he runs that horse around, he says, you can't force it. It has to come from the horse. You can't fix it all in one day. There are deep psychological issues. This horse is not just flexing its strength and being stubborn. It's afraid. It's afraid to just keep its eye on me. It constantly wants to check the other side. It wants to keep its options open. And I heard Jesus just shouting at me loud and clear, Hey, this is me with you. So uh, this morning I invite you to picture Jesus as the cowboy and yourself as the horse. And it is Jesus' plan. It is his desire. It is his will to break our will. To break our independence and our fear and our stubbornness. And I want what I want out of life. And he tries to steer us with the reins. He's pulling in this direction and I'm just going to keep my head the way I want to go. And I end up being a stiff-necked horse. And there's Jesus, not with a whip to get him to move. He's just, okay, let's keep running. I am waiting on you to give in. He's kind and he's gentle and he's patient. He knows that the surrender has to come from the horse. But we're just going to keep going around and around and around and around and around and around and around until you decide to give in and do what I want. I'm going to work you to exhaustion while you run yourself in a circle until you give up your resistance and finally do what I want because what I want is good. And until you voluntarily turn your head to my reign, I mean, this is Jesus talking to each one of us. Until you finally voluntarily turn your head the way I want to go, your strength is unuseful and dangerous. But when you will go where I want exactly immediately when I tell you, you become beautiful, useful, wonderful. That's that a beautiful gelding right there. Beautiful horse. So with your job or your career, your business, you want to do it your way, Jesus will just let you run in circles over and over and over again until you do it his way. With your dating, he'll let you keep screwing up the same mistake over and over and over and over again, running that same crazy cycle in your dating or your marriage or whatever until you decide to give in and do it his way. Your money, your serving and your ministry calling, the surrender of your will. Jesus isn't upset. He isn't impatient. But we're just going to keep running, Mitch. 
until you decide to turn your head the way I want you to turn it. I want to reread to you a passage from Watchman Nee that I read last week. I read you a lengthy passage last week. I'm just going to take a chunk of that, a paragraph today. Watchman Nee was a Chinese preacher. Uh, he spent most of the 50s and 60s in prison, the end of his life, 20 years. He wrote a lot of books from prison. Uh, the communists had him in jail, and he died there two years before Sarah and I were born. I read you this last week. I want to revisit it again, just this one section. This is from his book, Release of the Spirit. The greatest and most prevalent difficulty is with the will. Our emotions run wild because our wills have not been dealt with. The root is in our will. The same is true with our thoughts. We may be able to mouth the words, not my will, but thine be done. But how often do we really allow the Lord to take over when things happen? The less you know yourself, the more easily you utter such words. The less you understand, the easier submission to God seems to be. He who speaks cheaply has proved he has never paid the price. Only after being dealt with by God do we really see how hard we are and how ready we are to have our own opinion. God must deal with us to make our wills tender and docile. The cowboy's word of the horse was soft. Watchman Nee's word about us is tender and docile. It's the same thing. It's not just that we obey, but that we obey softly. With instant willingness. Yes, Lord. Without any hesitation. Strong-willed people are convinced that their feelings and ways and thoughts are always right. We must be led by God to such a place where we dare not trust our own judgment. God will allow us to make the same mistake after mistake until we realize that this will be the pattern for the future too. We truly need the grace of God. God had to deal with this way in Jacob. Jacob fought and connived and cheated and lied his way to get what he wanted out of life. And God finally met him and wrestled with him. And, and God had to wound him. He had to break him. And he limped the rest of his life. But, but he worshiped God in the end. He surrendered. God had to do this with Moses. God gave Moses a call, and Moses went out and murdered a guy trying to obey God. God had to put him on the backside of the desert for 40 years until he was compliant. And so compliant that he was actually became scared to obey. Whereas before, he was all gung-ho enough to kill somebody. Now he doesn't even want to go and speak to somebody. That's right where God wanted him. The Israelites in the wilderness, like 18 times, God says, you are a stiff-necked people. Don't do that. Second Chronicles 30, verse 8, God says, Now do not be stiff-necked as your fathers were, but yield yourselves to the Lord and serve the Lord your God. God had to deal this way with Jonah. Gave him a call to go to Nineveh, and Jonah was afraid and rebellious. And runs off in a different direction, and he ends up in the belly of the whale. But in the book of Jonah, in his prophecy, Jonah says, I went to hell. I was in absolute hell because I ran from God and God got a hold of him and, and he repented and he called on the name of the Lord and God got what he wanted. God had to deal with this way with the apostle Paul. Before he was Paul, he was Saul, the murderer, murderer of Christians and persecutor and arrester of Jesus's people. And he meets Jesus on the road to Damascus and Jesus shows up in a blinding light and, and Paul says, who are you, Lord? And the Lord says, I'm Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. Other Bible words use the word prick. A prick or a goat is just a stick that's been sharpened to a spear point, and they would poke the goats and the sheep in the hind end to make them move. And Jesus' picture is Paul fighting him 
is you're kicking the spear, Paul. Like, that's a really gross, bloody, painful picture, actually. Somebody kicking a spear, but they're so obsessed with themselves being right that the pain doesn't make them stop. They just, Jesus says, Paul, you're kicking the spear. Stop. Give in and do it my way. Your pain is your own creation. So I've known for a couple weeks that this was my sermon topic today was the surrender of our will. To submit and give in to Jesus. It's the harvest word about the horse is submit. Just, I, I need you to do what I want on command so that I can get on you and trust you and ride you safely. I've known that the surrender of our will was this topic and then I'm sure it's total coincidence but the devotional my utmost for his highest, I read it every day and it just so happens that this week all of his writings of daily devotion was about the surrender of our will. Sure, it's a total accident. So as I'm reading through this week, I'm like, oh, there's sermon material, and there's a sermon quote. And so I just want to read you some, some passages from my utmost for his highest from this past week. The Lord never insists on our obedience. Hear the cowboy. You can't force it. It has to come from the horse. Jesus does not force us. Our Lord never insists on our obedience. He stresses very definitely what we ought to do, but he never forces us to do it. We have to obey out of oneness with him, which is really what the cowboy wants with the horse, that we are one, so that he reads my feet and my hands and the reins, and it do, it, the horse knows where we're going and what I want, and that's, that's where safety and value and strength and productivity are. The Lord does not give me rules, but he makes his standard very clear. And if I love him, I will obey him without hesitation. If I hesitate, it is because I love something or someone more than him, namely myself. Jesus Christ will not force me to obey him, but I must. Most of us collapse at the first grip of pain. We sit down at the door of God's purpose and die a slow death of self-pity. And all the so-called Christian sympathy of others helps us to our deathbed. No one can surrender my independence for me. I must do this myself. God can bring me to this point 365 times a year, but he cannot push me through it. Has that breaking of my independence come? All the rest is religious fraud. Will I surrender to Jesus Christ, placing no conditions whatsoever? I must be broken from my own understanding of myself. I must be broken from my own understanding of myself. The passion of Christianity comes from deliberately signing away my rights and becoming a bondservant of Jesus Christ. The cowboy says, the horse trainer says that that stiff-necked horse didn't want to give in. He wanted to resist turning to the left because horses are prey herd animals with eyes on both sides and they need to see both directions. Make sure they're not a cougar or a bear or a wolf coming. All prey animals have eyes on the sides of their head and can see both directions. It is, it is super unnatural for a horse to only look one way. And when it's turned its head, there's the trainer, and I can see the trainer with this eye. This eye cannot see what's over here. And the trainer says, this horse is not just flexing his strength. He isn't being stubborn or rebellious. He's afraid. Hear Jesus. I don't blame you for being stubborn and rebellious. 
I know you have deep psychological issues. That's what the cowboy said. You have deep psychological issues, and I know you're afraid. You constantly want to know what's over here. I want you to just look at me. Jesus, speaking to you and me, I want you to just trust me. There isn't an escape route. There isn't another option. There isn't any danger over there if I'm pulling you this way. Don't keep looking at the other options out of fear. Joel 2.12, God says, turn to me with all your heart. Turn to me. Turn at my direction. Turn, look at me. Don't worry about what's on the other side. I'll take care of that. Just turn to me. Don't hear that as a command. Hear that as a desperate plea of love. Please trust me. In whatever your circumstances and decisions and needs are this morning, turn to me with all your heart. Keep your eye solely on the cowboy. It's actually a miracle because they're a prey herd animal. It's actually a miracle that a horse can be broken to be useful. It's a miracle that they can be obedient and even fearless. Horses can be trained to charge into battle. People are herd prey animals too. We don't have eyes on the side of our head, thank God. That would be weird. So evolutionary biologists call us predators because all predators have eyes that face only forward because you have depth perception and evolutionary biologists would say that we're predators, but we're not. Sin has destroyed us and made us fearful, herd. I don't want to be by myself. I'm going to follow everybody else. I don't want to stand up for the truth. I don't want to be separate. I want to know we, we, are, we are skittish creatures. That's an understatement. We are skittish creatures. Very, very afraid. Always looking around, wanting options. Where's my escape route? This hurts. I want out. And Jesus, just, just turn, just turn. This is the way we're going. Just turn. Just trust me. Trust. Oh, you don't want to turn? All right, let's run in a circle. Okay, let, you, just, you just do what you want. Just run in a circle over and over and over, around and around and around and around until you get foamy tired and you finally get tired of fighting my rope. And then he just gently, Harvest told you, just gently take his hand on your nose and he just waits for you to give in. There's a, she said, there's no way she can control a 1,500-pound horse's neck. He has to do it. He has to give in. Jesus will never force your obedience. But we have to do it. Because his is the only safe and right way. So I want to finish with the two scriptures, one in the Old Testament and one in the New Testament, that I think are just the epitome of all surrender the epitome of the surrender specifically of the will. Job says in 13.15, he says, Though he slay me, yet I will trust him. Job says, even if God kills me, his wife said, why don't you curse God and die because of all your troubles. Just give up on God and quit serving him. Job says, even if he kills me, I will trust him. That's surrender. That's trust. That's softness. That's submission, that's compliance. 
I don't have any other escape route. I don't have another plan. I don't have a backup. I will trust him no matter what, even if it kills me. I will go his way with my life. And then Jesus ups the ante even more. On the night before he was crucified, he knew he was going to die if he obeyed God. For sure, he knew he was going to die. And he says this in Luke 22, 42. Father, if it is your will, take this cup from me. He means the cross. I don't want to go. Nevertheless, not my will. Not my will, but yours be done. There it is. That's the verse I started this series with in June, and that's the verse I end with today. Not my will, but yours be done. That is the definition of surrender. Lord, it's all yours. I give up everything I want, everything I hope for, everything I'm afraid of, everything I'm resisting. I surrender my will. I look only at you, and when you pull the reins, there's where I go. Jesus, thank you for being so patient with us. Thank you for being so kind and gentle and understanding. Lord, you understand that we have deep psychological issues, that we are full of fear, that it is not natural for us to trust, that we're constantly looking for an escape route, we're worried about what's going on behind us. Think maybe that the other direction is where we should go instead of where you're pulling. As you told us not to be like the horse, but to just come with you, just follow you. Thank you for your kindness and your patience to us, Lord. We confess our fear and our worry and our rebellion and our stubbornness and our resistance and dragging our feet we know what's right. We know what you want. But we try to come up with a different way. We try to spin it. And so we just go round and round and round in the same painful circle, exhausted, not getting anywhere in life. We surrender this morning. We give in. You are the rider. And we are your horse. Our life is yours. And you are the one that breaks our will to go where you lead without hesitation because we love you, because we trust you, because you've proven yourself worthy. And in our submission, in our brokenness, in our surrender, that's where you find strength and value, usefulness, fruitfulness out of our lives. You are so worthy to be trusted, Lord. Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, I ask that you minister brokenness to every will in this room. Everyone watching online, break our wills in Jesus' name. Lord, I speak yielding and softness, tenderness over every mind and heart and body this morning we surrender to Jesus Christ amen